Welcome to the Classy Retire Podcast. I'm Joel. I'm Chris. It's time to get classy. Let's do it. So, uh, fast lane done, come and gone. Yes. Uh, just as quick as the fast lane on your local interstate. <laughs> um, I'm getting into local humor, if you haven't noticed. But you know, we have a worldwide audience, so I gotta, you know, figure that one out. Anyway, uh, fast lane happened, and it was actually. Uh, it was a very I felt like it was a very plot heavy pay-per-view. Yes. Rather than was. like wrestle heavy. Yes. You know, or at least the focus of it. You know, um, obviously there was wrestling. There was obviously wrestling on it. There's wrestling on most of them. But God, can't you imagine them just trying to do like an all promo pay-per-view at some point? Especially now that they're, you know, have them being network events yeah. kind of thing. Honestly, I wouldn't I mean, I wouldn't really put it past them <laughs> to try it one of these days. Um, but it would like really throw everyone for a loop if they did it unannounced. Yeah. Oh God, that would be the worst. Yeah. No, I can, I can picture Reddit now just setting fire to everything. I can, I can see, I mean, they won't be like, oh, this is a pay-per-view. It'll be like a, you oh, know, sure. this is a conference or like, you know, a, you know, uh, signing a contract signing mm. that's so big it's that's a network in an arena, special that's in an arena with a ring that isn't being used except for being stood in yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it would have it would be set up exactly like a regular show but just all promos but all promos all plots and i would say what, what would be your over under on the amount of cars that braun Strowman would have demolished <laughs> in that episode at least three right just in flipping yeah um I, i've always been curious they They've done a lot of things. This is getting so off topic, but they've done a lot of things where they have like started to go outside the ring to explore things. Mm-hmm. Things like the, I don't have a good example, but a good bad example is the hotel room yeah. with Mandy and Jason, where it was like, this is a whole scene. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the plot, you know, first of all, the plot was just the ring and interviews. Mm-hmm. And then they've made this big expansion from. You know, way back in the day, yeah. To now, where backstage is a thing, yeah. Scenes happen backstage. Mm-hmm. Plot is expanded backstage through like, oh, these are people interacting. We are all acting in this moment, um, and so they have teased the next step into the entertainment television half of sports entertainment mm-hmm. of starting to go outside, where and and they they've been like teasing it forever. Where like, um. You know, showing up at people's houses back in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, the hotel thing, obviously. Triple H destroying Randy Orton's quote-unquote house. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that kind of thing. Um, Anything involving Braun Strowman destroying stuff. Suspiciously familiar uh, Bronco car chase. Right. Is another uh, example. I mean, anything with Dana Bryan and Kane, really. Yes. Oh, yeah, all the... Um, Diner scene, the anger management stuff, all that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and it feels like they, they've not been willing to take that step. And I don't think they should. I'm not sitting here being like, I, I this is what I need to really buy into this. Uh-huh. No. Um, but the thing that they have done recently, and recently is in air quotes. Yeah. Um, but they've really started to push past the plausibility of there being a cameraman there. Yeah. Um, again, the hotel room. And, again, I don't necessarily think that's good. They were highly praised for Batista 
dragging a cameraman yeah. to the scene so that he would have this reason to for us to have the footage. Right. Um, but that feels like, again, this gets into like way big, grandiose, overarching themes and vision for what this should be. But in the never-ending, you know, fight of is this a sport or is it a TV show? Yeah, kind of thing. That's where it gets even more muddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, but yeah, the anyway, back to the show. Yeah, back to Fastlane. <laughs> uh, you know, we get the the major story. I feel like that's coming out of all this is the the more hoops for Kofi to jump through. <sighs> yes, which um, continue to smack down. Yeah. Um the so the necessary thing is um Becky is now in the right match a triple threat. There's there's a lot of things like that where like you knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. you just had to watch it happen. Right. Um but yes, as you said, obviously the big thing coming out of Fastlane and the story moving forward is the um Kofi. Yeah. Now, I brought this up I think 3 weeks ago, 2 maybe 3 weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, and you poo-pooed it down again back then, and I want to bring it up again. Okay. Because now I can compare it to what they're what they've done within the last week, right? Compared to your idea. Okay. No, no. So, so I brought up. I I asked you realistically, what do you think the odds are of Kofi and Daniel Bryan being the thing that closes out WrestleMania, not the Becky? Ronda storyline that we had all assumed it would yeah. be leading up to And this. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see it. I'm just trying to think with what, well, you know, our knowledge of WWE and their executives. Yes. Who are ultimately the, you know, the ones who make that call. It's basically Vince. Um, it would have to be a white hot um, storyline going mm-hmm. on. It would have to be undeniably... Dana Bryan, 2014, you know, this has to happen. It has to happen at the end of WrestleMania. It's the only way to close out the show. Um, right now, it would have to outweigh WWE's, A, you know, fascination with Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. and wanting to put her face on everything. Yes. B, them patting themselves on the back of having the, the females close out WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, B or C? Excuse me. I don't know. <laughs> also how, B. I don't know how. how and another works. B. Uh, WWE's also obsession with Charlotte. Uh-huh. Uh, and D. The fans getting behind Becky Lynch. Now, one could make the argument that maybe the fans have cooled off a little bit on Becky and gone full Kofi. Yeah, because Kofi is the one with all the momentum right now. Yeah. Um, but Becky's still like. You know, barely number two behind him as right. far as like the the fan the one the person that gets the fans most riled up. For the record, you are still poo pooing the not, idea. I, I I'm just <laughs> being I'm just being realistic and giving you a a alternative of or not alternative but uh explanation on why WWE probably wouldn't do that. Now I'm not I'm saying the plenty can happen between now and then. Kofi can get, like, I would say Kofi, you know, is pretty hot right now. Okay, would you say, would you say that's a conversation to be had now, whereas you wouldn't even entertain it three weeks ago? It is more of a conversation now, yes. Okay. Um, this story, I mean, they could have, 
they could have immediately given Kofi the the WrestleMania spot. Right. They could have immediately given Kofi the the fast lane spot. Um, but the fact that they are drawing it out and purposely making a thing, and the fans are getting more and more behind it, and them giving giving Kofi an opportunity to gain more momentum, like because he's just going to gain more momentum with this gauntlet match next week. Right. Um, I don't know how they're going to <laughs> have him defeat all these guys who have who also have their own WrestleMania storylines going on that need some sort of momentum on their own. Yeah. How they're going to balance that all out. Well, I guess we'll find out, or WWE's just going to drop that ball. I don't know. Um, but it gives the fans an opportunity to get even more behind Kofi. Right. So, yes. No, I I believe that they're entertaining that thought more now than they were a couple weeks ago. Okay. I'll, I'll easily agree with you on that. Yes. Um, I still think, in their minds, the women's triple threat edges them out. Now, I, I think, from a fan perspective... People are comparing these two stories. The Kofi one's being handled excellently. Everybody yeah. likes every twist and turn that they're going there. And nobody likes how the Becky one is being handled. Right. It feels overbooked and too sloppy and mm. back and forth. And we talked about it last yeah. week. I couldn't even remember what the specific stipulations were with this Charlotte Becky. Yeah. The the eventual triple threat was so obvious and so bunch of a glaring ending to the storyline yeah. that I couldn't remember. They had told me on the show what the steps were to get there, but they were so unimportant right. to the story. It's like, I know where sure. it's going to end up. I it, just, it's doesn't one of those matter. things where we knew where where their their finish line was. Right. Uh, so now we're basically watching how the sausage gets made, and it's not really that enjoyable, especially when we're looking at Ronda, you know, continue the plot and that's the thing is like other people are you know this is the storyline that ronda's the main thing ronda and twitter and everything's fake thing Mm -hmm. but it's it's not even just ronda triple h kind of leaned into like the this is all real even though it's fake but this part is real and we're now we're saying this is extra real because everything else is fake even though it's real yeah you're like "Eh, like whereas i felt like there there is a storyline in WWE right now that is teetering that line of you know real versus you know pretend or or fake or whatever word you want to use that's actually doing a good job of it at least for this week and that was the AJ and uh, Randy Orton segment I felt like they were teetering that line very well but not like completely ripping the curtain down so like Ronda's done (laughs) yes so um in consideration of that I wanted to say like I noticed something that's happened this week mm-hmm. that I cannot remember happening maybe since, like, Pipe Bomb era okay. CM Punk. Um, so I watched SmackDown, and I enjoyed all of SmackDown. Yeah. As a it TV was, show, as a yeah. complete two-hour block of entertainment. Because mm-hmm. usually we'll come on here and be like, here are the three segments I like. Yeah. And you bring up the AJ Randy thing Mm -hmm. and I was watching I'm like this is the most basic we have two big names and they gotta be on the show somewhere set up right and their setup is like I've always hated you but I've never gotten around to being violent about it until now right like they had a match uh, like a number one contendership match probably about a year ago maybe maybe more Um, but they really didn't have much of a feud because I think they were both you know faced at the time so yeah, it, it definitely feels like 
well, these are two guys that we definitely want on the card. Yeah. We don't know where else to put them unless we put them at the 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 Andre. And we we always have those matches. Yeah. And I know because I make the slideshow, and there's always three matches where I'm like, there's no reason for these guys to fight. They're both just big stars, and I got to be on the show. Right. <laughs> three slides, we're done. Yeah. And so this is that one, and I got so invested in it. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, very impressed Honestly, watching this. It's it's. Randy, even though, you know, Randy, you know, flubbed a little bit here and there, which it's fine. It's Randy. It's going to happen. Um, but honestly, in in the grand scheme of things, it's one of the best promos I've seen Randy do in a long time, if ever. Yeah. And definitely one of the better AJ promos. Well, it, it's it's the kind of thing, and I've always said, I think you agree with it, just not to speak for you, mm-hmm. but I've said several times on here, Randy is still one of the... Yeah top wrestlers yeah. when he cares yes like i'll agree with that top you know randy who cares mm-hmm. is a top five yeah. wwe superstar randy who doesn't care is mm-hmm. a top 60 right <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's so like, different you know half speed randy is still better than the majority of the people on this planet yes uh and even when he does care you know we've always talked about how good he is in the ring even when he does care it still he still makes it look look easy yeah. Um it, it's kind of like the gift and the and a curse in that situation. Well, and they've taken this storyline which is their basic I've always hated you, I've just never done anything till now right. and they have in the manner of this one kind of promo built it around we are two guys who have both had very long careers, both very different being this mm-hmm. WWE born and bred superstar and then this mm-hmm. you know everything but WWE until at last that AJ is and and they've both acknowledged the differences and still both been able to portray and I did it the right way. Yeah. I think uh there was something one of my favorite things came from Reddit today, I believe. Um I think it was from 2004, there's a picture of Randy standing on the turnbuckle i think he's doing v pose and there's a fan in the background clearly in frame holding uh, a please sign aj styles like that yeah and i'm like if they don't use it come on guys like it it really would help well and and a little you know it's a tiny little touch but it you know the little things help well and as these indie i mean we're in this era of like there's so many indies and wwe's getting all of them right um and as we're in this era of all these like dream guys of like, oh, I wish they would go to WWE, and they are, and all this smarky like, I like Kevin Steen and I like Tyler Black, like yeah. that level of I like these guys, um, and we've, and, and so they have always come into WWE as the hero, as the person that put in their time, did it for the love of the business, and they put them against major mega. WWE stars. Yeah. And like, I think this is the first time where somebody, Randy Orton, has said, no, I did it, you know, straight to WWE, 23 champion. Mm -hmm. I made all these accomplishments. This makes me the best at this. And really kind of sold, I did it right and you were stupid to do it your way. Yeah. And like, and I, I think about a lot of these indie guys have been put against John Cena, and John Cena's been the face of WWE versus the scrappy indie guy. And Cena, who is, you know, their guy, has never been able to sell the, you know, company man kind of thing, as well as Randy Orton did this week. Yeah. 
I'll agree with that. And so, that aside, the entirety of SmackDown is was enjoyable. Yeah. Just as a show. It's not a, hey, go watch this segment and this segment. Mm-hmm. It's watch SmackDown yeah, as a block. And not only that, because they've been able to do, you know, full two-hour segments of entertainment before, but I watched all of that. The show went off the air, mm-hmm. and I was excited for next week. Yeah. And I was like, that's like a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I, even like, you know, with, you know, that, that it was a cliffhanger because, you know, it set up the next week perfectly. And I thought the execution of that segment was fantastic. Bringing out like the, you know, one guy at a time, like you're going to face this guy and this guy and this guy. And you, you know, you had, you know, New Day as a whole getting more and more irate about it. And, yeah. you know, justifiably so. Makes me wonder, like, I. Just start SmackDown with the gauntlet match. And, and just do it for the two hours? Might as well. I I, I feel like you you should do that. Even if you're not doing a two-hour gauntlet match, you should start the show with the gauntlet match. And be like, just in case this run long. Well, just because I feel like everybody's tuning in to watch that. Yeah. And we're sitting there with a stopwatch being like, all right, they have two hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing another segment. Okay, so yeah. now I know the gauntlet match can't take more than an hour 40. Right. Now I know it can't take more than an hour 20. Like, And, I mean, let's be honest, like a lot of those guys that are involved in Scotland match, like I said, they're involved in other WrestleMania um, scenarios. There can be ways to further those storylines through their involvement with this gauntlet match. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing that, you know, you would have to figure out a way to um, either, I mean, just have them take off that show or, you know, find a different way to further the storyline is, you know, the women's division. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think we, we still don't really know who Asuka's facing, no. if she's facing anybody. Uh, and honestly, you don't need to further the or use SmackDown to further the Becky Charlotte Ronda story. No, that's a that's a raw story. Yeah, I mean they they've done a decent job here and there to you know include some segments on SmackDown because Becky is a huge draw. Yes. Um but that's a raw storyline now. Right. Um, so, I mean but yeah, but, I feel like there's a way to do that and I mean not shortchange yeah, it. Yeah, but we we've hit the close of SmackDown and and it it is invocative of that feeling like with the Nexus invasion where it's like, I want to know what's happening. I'm ready to watch more right now. Right. Um, and and again, Smack, SmackDown's at the end of five hours of wrestling and the week. It's, the week is two days old and I've watched five hours of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I th- feel like that's in some ways the biggest hindrance of these other shows, 205 Live, and honestly, NXT. Yeah. I very rarely watch NXT, which I acknowledge is the best product that yeah. they have, but it comes out on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and man, I need a break. Right. And, well, I mean, also, you're, you have, you're busy at the beginning of the week, so usually by Wednesday, you're trying to catch up on other shows. Yes. You know? So that additional yeah, hour everything usually else is- falls back on a Thursday, and we record on Thursday, and sometimes we just don't have time. Yeah. Everything's kind of perpetually yeah. an, a day behind. And, like, I can take a breather, and I know the NXT's there. Um, and so, it just because it's our number six of the week, yeah. It even though I can say, like, it's going to be the best hour, it's, yeah. you know, it's just that it takes that hit. But NXT, for me, is, like, I want to watch it when I can enjoy it, not because I have to. Yeah. You know, not because I have to sit down and watch this, you know, to have something to say about it. I want to enjoy NXT, you know. Yeah, but I, I watch NXT with the like, almost with a different lens than I watch the other two shows. Yeah, well, and I, 
I would be very curious. There's so much complaining about WWE as the representative of what wrestling is. Right. Um, we talk about, I mean, and again, you know this as well as I do. There's nobody that hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, and it's just constant. This is garbage and that's mm-hmm. garbage. And they XYZ. will turn on their former favorites in a heartbeat. Yep. Yeah. And the current, you know, thing that you're watching is the worst era of wrestling you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are looking fondly back on like the ruthless aggression era, mm-hmm. which, you know, during the time was this nonstop. It was just, it, it felt like just the, you know, this endless Sahara desert of just blandness, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, again, like the best example I can come up with was like, I think you, when was WrestleMania 29, 2013? Yeah. Yeah. Around that time was, you know, we were writing articles and I wrote a whole column on, you know, I like all three members of the Shield. They're all really great, but Rowan feels kind of like the weak link. And I got just lambasted. I got just people taking me out to the woodshed left and right. I'm like, how dare you? He's awesome. He's fantastic. You're the worst writer ever. And then, like, not even two years later, everyone's like, they no, and no one likes Roman. Sorry about that. I was really passionate at the time. I know. I know. And I, I learned to forgive you. We had a nice little chat about it. We came to, you know, we, we came to a, a, a good, calm agreement. It's the rest of them. I, yeah, but those, it, those know, definitely were my alt accounts. I was like, let me really gang up on this. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it, but it, it shows you just, like, how quickly wrestling fans on the internet will turn on somebody well and i i think about like you just have this you know because the shield is back together and we should talk about that at some point on this episode Mm -hmm. but because of that there's all these fond memories of the shield and people posting their favorite shield moment and like oh god this happened and remember this match and i was very much enjoying the shield Mm -hmm. throughout its whole time and it very much feels like a, we didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Because all of my favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff is S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Wyatt and S.H.I.E.L.D. versus mm-hmm. Evolution, which is the last six months of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, they were there for years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy to think how long the S.H.I.E.L.D. was there. Yeah. And people are looking back on it fondly when I remember the attitude was like, another freaking shield running. They're just going to run it. Like, like it was Nexus levels of, you know, I don't care about the main event because I know the shield's going to come in and beat up everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I remember, you know, again, I remember uh, to, you know, the the alternate side of that, you know, the Royal Rumble where Roman Reigns broke Kane's record Mm -hmm. and everyone was clamoring for him to win. And, you know, ended up getting uh, bested by Batista and everyone lost their minds because, you know, it's Batista. Yeah. And not Dana Ryan. Um, and then a year later. And a year later, they was like, all right, well, you wanted Roman to win. Here's Roman. And everyone hated that one, too. Yeah. So. To the Rock's befuddlement. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, yes, nobody hates wrestling like wrestling fans. Fickle. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, and, and we point to, 
you know, while, while you're sitting there and being like, you have to, wrestling is amazing. You just have to find it. You need to be watching these Japanese yeah. matches. You need to be watching NXT. You need to be like mm. really digging in there and seeing what, you know, Ring of Honor is doing or just immerse from head to toe. Yes. Yeah. And first of all, no. <laughs> if, if any of you are trying to get your friend into wrestling, um, I, I, we talked about this before. The best match you will ever see is Omega Kata 4, Dominion, and if that's your first match, it's a garbage match. Yeah. You don't understand it. <laughs> right. Um, you, do, you can't appreciate it. Um, and if you don't watch any other matches after that, like you, you just you have no point of reference. Right. There, there are there are entrance matches and reasons in X Y Z, but WWE is this figurehead, and people talk about like, oh, it shouldn't be because it's this garbage lowest to common common version of wrestling, yeah. and it's everything that's bad about wrestling. And I think we're at the point that you're just talking about Raw. Yeah. You're not talking about WWE. You're not even talking about main stage. You're just talking about Raw. Yeah. And I think more than anything else, it's the three-hour issue. Yeah. I mean, we come back to it time and time again, and but it's, it is, it's, but it's always and it's the not, absolute reason why. It's not even the three-hour issue mm-hmm. because I can watch a three-hour movie, no problem. If the movie's good enough. Yes. I, but I can watch a three-hour movie, no problem. You can watch a three-hour sporting event yeah easy peasy sure uh, even if the game isn't good because <laughs> i'm just i'm a glutton for punishment for some of these teams and, and it's not the it's not the fact in and of itself that it's a three-hour block of programming but it's a three-hour block of programming that's designed to be a two-hour block of programming yeah. it's never adjusted to say oh this is three hours now we now need to adjust the content we're putting out. It's just more of the same stuff that worked in two hours. Mm-hmm. And they made the jump from one to two hours. Matches are longer. Different things happen. You know, storylines come up twice. They're going to, you know, announce something at the top of the card for later in the show. Yeah. They made an adjustment from one hour to two hours. We have two hours. We need to book for two hours. And they have not made that adjustment after all these years. Yeah. From two hours to three hours. They are still booking for two hours across the span of three hours. Because it's been since the middle of 2012, I believe. Yeah, it was Raw 1000. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been three hours. And yeah, they have yet to perfect that formula. Um, But, you know, they'll have good shows here and there. I don't know if we've had a show that felt like, man, I loved every every last minute of that three-hour show. There's been like good episodes where overall, like, all right, I feel vague, you know, pretty positive about it. Yeah. Um, but nothing that makes you feel like they just put on the perfect show. Not like you know SmackDown, like we did with SmackDown. I was like, man, I love SmackDown beginning to end this yeah. week. Um, I don't know if I've said I'm, I may have, but I one doesn't really come to mind. Um, there there've been a couple of things that are like Raw 1000 or are yeah. heavy on. Yeah, I mean Raw 1000 was fun. Yeah, you know. They're they're heavy on big moments, and so, you know, excitement about that. Um, but no, there there's not been a middle of the road, you know, raw episode that was like you are hitting it on every point. Yeah, and I'll be honest, there is an argument of they don't want to do that, you know. And again, this goes back into the is this a television show or a televised sporting event? Mm-hmm. 
where if you are watching a movie on TV, if you're watching a, or a TV show, you are sitting and you are watching the whole thing, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, end. If you're watching football, you're getting up and down, you're talking to your friend, yeah. you're checking some other game on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, you go out to the kitchen, you go to the bathroom, all of that's yeah. not an issue. You don't even time that stuff to the commercial breaks. Right. You're just, it's on. Yeah. And if Raw is a televised sporting event, then yeah, you're waiting for the big moments. Mm-hmm. There's some filler stuff, but they're not you're close. Waiting, to, you're waiting for the tentpole moments, right. essentially. Yeah. They're not close to the end zone yet. Yeah. So you want to keep an eye in case there's a crazy breakaway, but you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a TV show, then you're supposed to be watching the entirety of it. And I don't think they, they do it as a TV show. I think they're going for televised sporting event. Yeah. They expect you to tune in and tune out. They expect you to flip to it during the commercial of something else and hope to catch your attention. That's why there's so many replays. Exactly, yeah. So um, many replays, so many Michael Cole resets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you are sitting there, you know, watching a TV show where you start an A, B, and C storyline, weave them in and out of each other, and come to a satisfying conclusion for three stories with enough time to set up a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. for the next season. And all of this contributing to an overarching 22-episode story, Rod's not doing that. No. They are putting on a televised live sporting event. Right. Um, And so, uh, all this being said, you don't need to, you know, try and say if they don't have something you know emotionally gripping from 8 to 11 without mm-hmm. fail then it's you know not a good episode but i i still think they have not made an adjustment from 2 hours to 3 hours there should be matches that run 30 plus minutes yeah constantly um there should be you, you have time there there should be stipulation there should be 2 out of 3 falls matches going yeah. on like crazy there should be gauntlet matches going yeah. on fairly often. Um and we've talked about you know when you have issues like the authority and the authority is in charge of this whole show and they literally just come out to stop Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um the authority, the heel bosses, Baron Corbin or Vince McMahon or whoever it is, should be feuding with the WWE audience, the right. universe. Yeah. They should be everything that they want. They should be trying stomping down, yeah. not just one story where it's like, oh, but they're in charge for this. Right. Um, and that's what they like that's the storyline that they're involved with for now. Yeah. No, they yeah, they they should have their hands in more things except for when it comes to Barry Corbin, I'm okay with him just <laughs> kind of like being cornered off into one storyline. Um just, but that's my own personal feelings. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think Baron Corbin ever worked well as the GM. I don't think that was a good character for him. I. It bothers me that he still um, dresses like that. Yeah. I think the lone wolf thing was genuinely a good look for him. Yeah. I. I, I think this. I think if your character is, I'm not interested in the petty backstage drama. I'm not interested in making myself look good making you look good yeah i am here i mean it it's second rate brock lesnar i am here to make this pin so that the, there will be more zeros on my check right um 
and I want this championship because more zeros on my check. Yeah. Uh, and you have stuff where you're like, hey, you should join this faction. No, I don't want to join your faction, and I'm going to beat you up for suggesting it because I'm a lone wolf. Except he's with all the bad guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because, and again, he's not the lone wolf now. Right. Now he's former, you know, interim GM, Baron Corbin. Right. Which, and he's still dressed like that. Right. And I don't think that's a good look for him. And I think that makes him look mm-hmm. the, he looks like the third wheel. Yeah. He looks like the, and also ran. He looks like a, hey, we need a good guy to have a match. We don't really know mm-hmm. who really can eat a pin right now. Oh, look, it's Baron Corbin. Yes. Um, so with Fastlane kind of, you know, in the books, uh, this was our first Raw and SmackDown to really kick off WrestleMania. And, you know, they seemed like they were making matches left and right immediately out of the gate. Uh, one of which is something that you've been loving for the last couple months. You can't stop raving about it. You love it so much. It's your favorite storyline WWE's ever put out that Shane and Miz. <laughs> defend this garbage. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you not know that was going to happen? Did you well, walk yeah, out I, of Fastlane being like, where are they going to go with this? I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm still not thrilled about it. I don't really, uh, I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see Shane as a heel, um, especially in, in 2019. Yeah, um, so... Shane is a heel. But with everything going on in WrestleMania, I'm like, they don't have time for this. <laughs> First of all, yes, they do. <laughs> it's seven hours. They better be filling this. But see, that's the thing. WWE is still going to feel like they're going to be strapped for time. <laughs> no matter how long they make it, they're going to put so many matches on this card. They're still going to feel rushed. Um, yeah, so the Shane... Heel turn was a genuine surprise because if you thought it was going to be heel turn, you thought it'd be Miz. Yeah. Um, Because we've learned in the past, I think in 2012, Miz doesn't really work as a face. Not great. Yeah. Um, And so I guess if you're going to do it, that was the right stadium to do it in. Right stadium to do it. Probably not the right, probably not the right, you know, father to do it in front of (laughs) because he just had that same look on his face that he always has. It's like, I can't tell if he's mad, concerned, doesn't care. Happy, I don't. You can't tell because he has the same face. Um, Miz, you should have found yourself a more emotive father. <laughs> um, Shane's never super worked as a heel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because most of the time I've seen him as a heel, it's been as some sort of Vince underling, right? Um, uh, where it's like, yeah, Shane's fine, but where's Vince? <laughs> where's right. Mr. McMahon? What is what I'm really here to see? It's like, yeah, we have the version of Vince that can jump off things. Fine. Where's the the real like meat of the character? Yes, yeah. especially because like I've never been concerned that Vince might hurt himself in the ring. I've just expected it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and he's never been shy to be like, "Oh, that looks like a thing I could do. Do you want to try?" No, I'll just do it when the time comes. Right. Um. So that that version of Shane heel has never been super interesting. He's always been more interesting as I'm gonna fight my dad. Yeah. Um. And so, but obviously this isn't this heel that we're getting. And I don't 100% know what heel Shane we're getting. Because honestly, right now, I'm not sure what claim to backstage power Shane has. Because he's not really done anything as far as an authoritative figure. 
Yeah, we just know that the McMahons in general are running things, but as always, Vince gets the final say. Like, that's just kind of been how it's gone since, what, December? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and like, okay, so Shane, he jumped into the tournament, the Best of the World tournament, because he's a SmackDown guy, and he still has some affiliation with SmackDown. Um, well, I mean, it, that was November, so like he was still specifically the SmackDown GM. Yes, like, and he had he was so full of pride for the show that when Miz couldn't go, he's like, "All right, well, I'll just I'll wing it and 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 win it for SmackDown," you know? Yeah, but like he wasn't frequently shown as the SmackDown decision maker at that time. Paige was. Like he was there, right. and like he well, yeah, like he would pop in and be like, "That's a great idea." Or they I'm didn't really, really interested in this. They didn't really take put, or they didn't really put in a whole lot of effort to build any sort of rapport between her and Paige, like he did with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um. By that point, Paige was pretty much running things, you know, and that that was during the time where you know Shane was taking a lot of time off. Yeah. Um. So we get to this point where Shane is part of the McMahon family, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they're currently heels or not. Um, right but, now, yes, I feel pretty solid about Vince being a heel. Okay, Vince is obviously a heel. Stephanie's, I feel like she's always in a state of, heel, <laughs> of healdom. She's in a state of flux. Like I'm gonna need her. She's in less flux than Triple H. I feel like Triple H. Like I right now in the Batista thing, he's a you know he he's a face. Um, in the whole like. When he was having his promo that Charlotte should have been giving, or Ronda should have been giving, but oh. he was giving it at Becky. Yeah, that thing. that was heel, and that was like what two three weeks ago. Well, defending Ric Flair's honor, I guess. Like, yes, he is in the moral right with his Batista thing, but Batista's also getting the oh boy, it's Batista cheers. Right. <laughs> um. And that was a weird segment. <laughs> Just you know, I, I did like the uh, the Guardians of the Indie scene line. That was good. Yeah. Um. But uh, Batista like just like you don't have to keep yelling. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like we got your point the first time. Maybe do it like a second more aggressive uh, yell. But stop there. Um. Also. I don't know how many of the shows between now and WrestleMania Batista is going to be mm-hmm. present, but I hope it's a lot, and I hope he's in the ring a lot. Um, I get what you're saying because, you know, we learned from the last Batista run that he needs a few matches under his belt before he kind of finds his groove. Mm-hmm. You know, by the, like, again, by Batista's the time... Batista's eighth match back, back is the match of the night. Right. Because the thing is, like, once he's good, he's amazing. Yeah, like, he was in full stride by the time they got to WrestleMania 30. Um, but the shows before that, his matches before that, weren't great. Um, you know, he was clearly gassed very early in those matches. And, you know, I, I think Q was the one that pointed out on our, our message board that, you know, we, you know, he was getting gassed just dragging that cameraman. I don't know how big that cameraman is, but, you know... For a guy who's supposed to have a high-profile match at WrestleMania, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, you know, I I don't see him because he's you know said this is he's coming back for one match and one match only. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm hoping he's you know 
just having his own private dark matches, you know, at the Reform Center or wherever he's shooting right now or whatever he's doing. Um, he's having, you know, training sessions and, like, you know, pretending that he's in a match against somebody, you know, in a gym. Yeah. One can only hope to, to you know, get his legs back underneath him because we've learned that, you know, if there's a situation or a match right now that's high profile that you're depending on Triple H to carry you, <laughs> it's not going to be great because, you know, he's getting up there in age too, and I don't think he can really carry a match on his own anymore. Like, he can still have good matches. He can have but good matches. Triple H is a solid 50-50. Right. Like, <laughs> but his days of carrying a match on his own are long gone. Right. But but if, if you, you can drag a Triple H match down, if you're not up to up to it yes you can definitely drag a triple a because he's not he's not going to he's not going to quicken the pace yeah you know if he's carrying the match that match is going to be real slow so um finally i do think we should talk about um at fast lane the shield yeah had like a genuine all-in-out shield match. yeah no it was a, and, and a it, great, felt, it was a greatest hits match it felt very much like finally yeah <laughs> like i know it's not for long assuming that we right. are assuming that as of this recording, Dean is still leaving. Who yeah. knows how he'll feel by the time we're done. <laughs> right. And, you but know, as I far as when it comes to WrestleMania, they're all doing their own thing, we assume. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was good to, for them to finally get a good Shield reunion match. Because well, the previous attempts had, you know, been cursed. Yes. It also, yeah, it felt like the world had conspired against us. Having the shield, having a shield match. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was everything from like the right entrance to like they were having the gear. Mm -hmm. Roman didn't have his little spider R. He had shield on his vest, mm -hmm. which was th that. That's like a little thing. I'm like, that's very nice. Right. And of course, the next night when he had his first match, he went back to his, his R vest. Which is fine because yeah. he's Roman Reigns. Well, yeah. But like when he's in the shield, he had a shield vest. Yeah. Um, it's like I knew Shield wasn't going to have their own match on Monday Night Raw because they opened the show and I instantly saw that Seth was wearing his singles pants. Yes. You know? <laughs> Not his shield pants and the, the, the vest, they, even though they're all wearing matching shirts. Yeah. I saw singles pants. And so and so he's in a singles match. Yeah. But like even in the like lead up, like Dean was in the middle of the little yeah. fist thing. I'm like that looks like the shield. Not this like maybe Roman will get cheered if he's in the shield again. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, here's the shield. But it's like clearly like Roman in the middle and yeah. Roman doing all they the stuff. They didn't worry about having Roman in the middle. You know, he's just wherever they posed. Um, I, I honestly, for that, for those moments, for those guys, I'm glad that they didn't do a turn for somebody. Yes. Uh, or, you know, a, or Dean turning on Roman or, because I, that's what a lot of people had assumed. That's what I had been assuming. Um, but ultimately, in that moment, I'm glad that it didn't happen. Um, but it does beg the question of what exactly is Roman going to do for WrestleMania? Because it's not like you know, I mean, he's back, so it's not like he's going to take that night off. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are thinking maybe uh, he has an Intercontinental Championship match against Bobby Lashley now that he's won the, the that championship back. Maybe. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, also, interesting point: the new updated WrestleMania uh, image has Demon Balor on it. Interesting. Like everyone's kind of lined up like they normally are. Yes. And then down in the corner is Demon Balor, like crouching. Okay. Yeah, it was a nice little like twist on what they like the typical WrestleMania poster looks like. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, but it, it was nice to see the shield be the shield. Um, there's so many of these moments where we get kind of a one last time, one last ride. Yeah. I'm going to pull out my greatest hits. Um, and that happens so late in their career. Yeah. And, and where you kind of have to like look past everything because you're like, eventually he's going to do a leg drop or a tombstone or whatever you want in the example. And it'll all be okay because I'll just be excited. And that's the thing. It's like Scorpion Death Drop. I don't care about anything else, but you did it. And that was very exciting. It did the thing. <laughs> We're all happy. Was it the most crisp one? Who cares? Yes. Um, but this moment, and like, I honestly don't think this is the last shield match we'll ever see um no um people will come and go things will happen and not happen and i think barring something terrible happening there will be another time where these three guys are in a triple tag team match against some other three guys i mean you know barring any anything going terribly wrong a lot you know these guys have a lot of left um a lot left going for them. Yeah. Um, you know, Roman, I could see like him probably retiring earlier than the other guys, just, you know, because he's, as long as he's got his health, like, you know, why, why, uh, test it? Why? And we don't know, you know, long term what the chemotherapy, you know, side effects are going to be, yeah. you know, down the road. So it's, um, I don't know. Uh, but I definitely, I'm very confident in saying that they probably would have a match at some point down the road, maybe in AEW. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. But it, it's very nice to see them all get to play their greatest hits when they can still play their greatest hits. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that in and <laughs> this one felt like a finally. I'm so happy they got back together for this one because you know the first reunion. I was like, already? It's only mm-hmm. been four years. Like, really? Yeah. I was. I but was, then it went. You know, everything went south. Mm-hmm. And he had to take some time off, you know, injuries and everything. And then they tried it again, and more things went south. And you know, Roman had his diagnosis and everything, and so we had to put it off for four, five more months. So at this point, it's like, oh man, they finally were able to do it. I'm yep. so excited about it, you know. Yep. And they came out, and it was the right three guys yeah. in the right suits coming down the stairs they- instead of the stupid ramp. Yeah, and you didn't have uh, Uncle Kurt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we should talk about uh, Kurt has announced he's his last wrestling match ever is going to be at WrestleMania this year. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair are somewhere rolling their eyes. Um, so, I mean, they, they flirted I with it. <laughs> it's like a year ago, you were like, there's always Shawn Michaels, and there's, you can't even do that anymore. No, we can't. No one stays retired. Nope. I yeah. Yeah. No, I can't really come up with anybody now. Like, yeah, Shawn Michaels was the one, and his bald-headed self ruined it. Yeah. I still haven't watched that match, and I'm okay with it. I don't. I, I have no intention of watching it. You don't have to watch it. You just have to know that it happened. I don't know. <laughs> no. Even though I kind of just acknowledged that it happened, I refuse to acknowledge that it happened. <laughs> yeah, nobody. I mean, and okay, obviously some people are retired, and you know, are retired for good, but mm-hmm. nobody has that one last match that's mm-hmm. not that one last I'm match. showing Joel the, the WrestleMania lo- okay, uh, yeah, poster with, with, with Finn Balor. Yeah, like, corner. it's not even, like, an accidental, like, oh, he just happened to wear it. No, it, like, they purposely, like, focused him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
We'll see. It, it makes you also you want to question on who is going to face him. Um, do they want it to be like if they, do they want it to be some angle or are they okay with like a face versus a face, you know, kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I got a little excited because for a second I because uh, you know he was going to have his final match in Pittsburgh this week. And the music hit, and for a second I was like, "Wait, is that Jason Jordan's music?" <laughs> I got legit, you know, legit excited about it. And then like, "Oh, it's Apollo." I mean, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and apparently, Jason Jordan is like, you know, one of the like big producers that's getting like his ideas through. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing you know the injuries are. I mean, the focus is on getting him back in the ring at some point. Yes. But the fact that he's kind of getting this under his belt, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, anything else this week? Uh, nope, that's it for me. All right. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CRAttire, where we live tweet uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, appropriate Sundays, etc. Yep. And if you have any questions, comments, anything you want us to bring up on the show, send that over to our email. That's classringattire at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes. Easy way to follow the podcast. Subscribe there. Get a new episode every single week. Give us a rating of five stars. Or write a review. That kind of stuff really helps out the podcast as far as iTunes metrics go. Yep, and if you are listening to us on InsidePulse.com, leave us a comment on there. We'd love to hear from you. We're also on Facebook. Easy way to follow Chris. Easy way to follow myself. See what other kind of things we're working on. Until next time, stay classy and huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah.